0: This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio six thirty WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, you've got to play pinball. Your earplugs Put on your eye shades You know where to put the
1: caulk We're not gonna take We're not
2: gonna take you. She met this guy She thought he was kind of good Yeah, she met this guy it was a funny sometimes mom and daddy had a little money chucked away there was so big bow to come down the
3: line yeah back, back on, on, the on the Tom ride. Depree show a little more Tom Petty great lyrics he had a j-
0: Yeah.
1: Where'd you find that one? This this one um, didn't make the final cut for Full Moon Fever. This is what we've been playing uh, for the last hour here. This one's called Down the Line. It's actually the B-side to Running Down a Dream, I believe. No, it's uh, Free Fallen, The B-side to Free Fallen. Okay. And um, it was um, written by uh, Petty and uh, Mike Campbell, longtime member of the Heartbreakers. But a lot of that album was produced by Jeff Lynne. Yeah, like or- orchestra, right. uh,
3: electric light orchestra. I
1: didn't realize this B-side existed until about a month ago when I heard it on uh, Sirius XM, and I about wrecked my car because I thought it was so good, and immediately downloaded it. And What's it called? It's called Down the Line. Yeah, so it's kind of got that Stax Memphis cornfield yeah. that I always doesn't I like.
4: Doesn't even sound like Tom Petty. No, it first. doesn't. No, I didn't think so either.
1: But we all know Petty can do anything. Yeah, could do anything. Could excuse me.
3: All right. We have Philip Sexton here. Forget socialism versus capitalism. Here's the real debate we should be having. This is from Barron's. Socialism is storming back because it has formed an incisive critique of business, the article warned. Talking about an article in The Economist. And most newly awakened socialists are young people. More than half of Americans aged 18 through 29 have a positive view of socialism. According to Gallup, while only forty-five percent have a positive view of capitalism, socialism's renewed vitality is remarkable. The magazine concludes with a mix of admiration and trepidation. So, what's this all about, Philip? You got it all marked up. <laughs> we, we're capitalists here. Yes, oh yeah, we are. Why, why are we uh, even talking about this?
5: Well, because it's it's concerning about the future you know i mean you look and over over 50% of my generation are are socialists and well, it, they they think they
3: they're not smart enough to know what they are they they're just they think they that socialism sounds good but they don't really know what it is
5: yeah well and these are the people that i've got to grow old with and it it, yeah. it bothers me yeah well that's know. true <laughs> um I, I think you know when you when you look at it though it's it's really started to grow, you know that mentality has has started to grow for multiple decades. You know it hasn't yeah. been just this de- this this decade. You know I I think of one thing, participation trophies. Yeah.
4: Oh, that's a good one. <laughs>
5: you know. That, oh, yeah. That is socialism at its finest. It is. You know, and and that's it actually talks about it's it's not a um, so they use the word uh. Instead of a socialistic, um, economy, it's, it's a, it's a, oh yeah. Instead of a market economy, it's a market society.
3: Yeah. All right. I've got a guy holding here who knows about, uh, socialism. He has a good word he uses to describe them. It's called Bolsheviks.
2: I'm right here.
3: (laughs) That's you, John. (laughs) You, you like to talk about the Bolsheviks, don't you? That's right. So what's going on, John?
2: Need all those most to leave us alone all the way around, especially <laughs> ones up in, in Washington D.C. Like yeah, those right. new ones they, they,
3: they in there. Yeah, the uh, new, the new show Bolsheviks, Bolsheviks, Socialist yeah. Bolsheviks. There we yeah. go. Like they want,
2: they want to make sure Trump doesn't get his wall. He needs his wall anyway. He yeah, money for this as well.
3: Right, he's getting he's getting some of the money. It looks like, and he's getting some construction done. John, what 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 about our game with uh Auburn today? What what are we gonna do that in that?
2: With my Tim Begins. Okay. I'm afraid that, that Reef Tramp is out for the year. I know the saying two weeks I don't believe that thing he's out for the rest of the season. I think his playing days Kentucky is over with.
3: I saw him downtown uh walking on a uh crutches last night.
2: Yeah, that's not good walking on crutches. was saying right then and there what is his season's about over.
3: Well, I'm sorry to hear that because he's been a great player.
2: I know another saying two weeks, but I don't, I don't believe that. I think he's longer than that.
5: Right. What about uh, Zion? Is he just as bad? or
2: He's probably out, too, for the rest of the year.
5: What? Really? I hadn't heard I that.
3: No, they said well, they uh, he was day-to-day. Day. They said that Zion was day-to-day? Yes. But they didn't say that about Reed Travis. Correct.
2: Travis, I know saying two weeks, but I don't know how, how these things going to turn out.
3: I know he was on crutches last night because I saw him when I was walking back up the street from where you were. He was going in 21C. Was he? Yeah. All right. He sure was. Hmm.
2: Just like when that f- plane that we got for Kentucky next year coming to Kentucky. He going to be out for a short time and look what happened. Right. We're
3: going to have to rely on Nick Richards and the other guy.
2: That's right, E.J. Montgomery. Yep. I said we're going to my 10 biggest tonight. We're my 10 biggest tomorrow. And seniors tonight, we're going to play Louisiana State.
3: And down there. No, it's here. I thought we played LSU here before. We've played them here twice.
2: No, I guess it is. Is it down there or what?
3: It must be because uh, cause we played them here. Okie dokie. All right. You're a great American, John.
2: Great American.
3: Thank you. You're
2: welcome.
3: Bye. All right, so back to this thing on socialism. Yeah, talk yeah. to yeah. me about participation
4: it. trophies, Philip. Participation talk, trophies. talk about that a little well, bit.
5: Well, you know, and, and and so there's this guy from Harvard. He's a he's a Harvard philosopher, Michael Sandel. Uh, and so that's what we have drifted from having a market economy to being a market society. In other words, uh, the logic of profit and loss, winners and losers insinuated itself so deeply into all aspects of society that we have eroded the sense of shared experiences and common bonds that once held together people of different means and backgrounds. We've become a culture that knows the price of everything and the value of nothing.
4: That's an excellent
5: quote. That last little bit there really rings home in, in the fact that, you know, it, it's... I think back to my life, and I through my life,
3: yeah, it's been so long. It's been
5: so long. I mean, you know, 28 years. But I remember <laughs> oh, there, there was a quote. There was a quote that my grandfather said to me probably 100 times in my life. I'd get upset and I'd be like, well, that's just not fair, you know, or that's not fair. And he would look at me and he would say, life's not fair. <laughs> and And it was that, you know, it just it's the truth. Yeah, and you look at kids nowadays, and oh, that's not fair. Well, here, you know, let let mommy and daddy make it fair for you. Yeah, and and it's I, I would implore people to go back to the old ways.
4: Well, I I think what I've what I've witnessed. Now I've got a few more years on you, Philip. Just just a couple. Just a couple, but. You know, this is a real generational issue that we're dealing with. When when half of the 18 to, was it 29 or 39-year-olds? The 29.
5: 18
4: to 29, half favor socialism. It tells me that we are seeing the byproduct of what I refer to as children raising children. And we've become a society of entitlement. mm mm-hmm. And, you know, you owe me uh, my my 25 years in the employment industry, staffing industry. I mean, workers would look at me and say, you know, this is what I want. You know, I'm not going to do that, but I'll be willing to do this. And you must pay me this much or I'm not going to show up. And, you know, it's just this entitlement was bizarre to me. And I don't know where that stems from except the only thing i can conclude is it's just children raising children we've become that kind of society mm-hmm.
5: well you know and i i think um i think too i'm i'm going to get a little political here but you you look at a lot of um benefit programs that that the government does and and things of that nature you know for for myself and my wife to have a child you know, out of out of our pockets Comes multiple thousands of dollars to have that baby, and that's with good health insurance. Right? You know, you look at somebody who gets. Pregnant. You
3: got good health insurance.
5: Yeah, I, well, it, it, <laughs> I don't got that teacher's insurance. It's the same stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's a uh, you know, it. You look at someone who you know, and, and I'm not knocking everybody in this democrat or this this stereotype, but someone who's you know 16 makes a makes. A kind of a childish move and gets pregnant, you know, and, and they don't have money, uh, but the government pays for that baby to be born. Well, then they turn into this person that, uh, well, they get free housing or very cheap housing. They get free food and they're not incentivized to learn responsibility. And so then they'll end up having three, four or five kids because why not? It doesn't cost them anything, you know, and then. You look at somebody like myself and Autumn, well, we, (laughs) one, maybe two, you know, just because there's a lot of physical, emotional, financial responsibility. And what happens is, is those kids grow up learning, you know, the mentalities of their parents. Well, if the mentality of your parents is socialistic and lazy, and they're the ones having five, six, seven kids at a time, well, then those kids are going to have Five, six, or seven kids, and they're going to be socialistic and lazy.
3: Stay with us. (laughs) You're listening to the Tom. I got to shut him down right (laughs) now. Hot takes. Tom Dupree Show, News Radio 630 WLAP.
0: This is not an emergency. This is
4: constitutional.
0: This is what's happening. This is because of the 2020 election. This is what matters.
4: This is witch hunt. This is
0: far from over. This is hell. This is everything. This is
4: where we live.
0: This is News Radio 630 WLAP.
3: Hi, I'm Tom Dupree. During times of market volatility, as we have just experienced, it's easy for investors to panic. Some investors want an easy solution like an annuity to manage the ups and downs of the market. Some want to seek the safety of bonds and bond funds. At times like this, it's often wise to examine what the long-term returns of equities have been versus other asset classes. At Dupree Financial Group, we use times of market volatility as an opportunity to purchase securities at lower prices than where they may have recently traded. If you'd like to know how our investment process may help you and your retirement investments, then give us a call at 859 233 to set up an appointment. It may be an eye-opening experience for you in this new year. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859 233 and dupreefinancial.com.
0: 630 WLAP. I
4: remember her standing
3: back on the tom Dupree show do you guys
4: want to talk about this article a little more yeah there was something else that that uh, really caught my eye and i I just wasn't aware of this but he you know in a socialistic society the the economy becomes more of a market society and Mm -hmm. they were talking about you know being having extra becomes more
3: control by the government
4: yeah more control but listen to this so so uh (laughs) here's just a few modest snapshots of of a market society at work we now have and i didn't know this i've yet to see it but i'm going to pay more attention we now have what we call a members only line at movie theaters that allow you to skip the wait for popcorn and Coke, you just walk right up front. But the one that really blew my mind away, there's now a fast pass line to see Santa Claus in shopping malls. Really? How about that? A fast pass line. But here, here it gets even better <sighs> in terms of entitlement, y'all. Even in jails, you we now can we allow nonviolent offenders to pay a fee to upgrade their prison cell. How about that? $82 a night in Santa, Ale- Santa Ana, California gets you a clean, quiet jail cell away from the non-paying prisoners. Are you mm. kidding me?
5: And I, I think pretty good. You know, like what I was saying before before the break, it, it goes back to you don't learn you know, if if you're paying eighty two dollars a night to go sit in a in a jail cell, you know, with a TV and by yourself, quiet, you know, nice blanket and everything, <laughs> you didn't learn anything. You're like, oh, this isn't bad. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Like, you if you commit a crime, they should put you in there with, yeah, the I'm worst up. of the worst. You know, I don't care. You know, it could be like white collar, like you know, is all get out. Put them in there with murders and, and rapists oh and well wait for, a, for about a two month two different kinds of deals i would you'd learn your lesson real quick all right
3: we're <laughs> gonna move on here <laughs> <laughs> Kraft Heinz. let's talk about the Kraft Heinz loss
5: yes so let's do
3: talk to us about that okay
5: well you know we f- about what was it about two years ago you know we we spent a lot of time railing not railing but Talking about consumer staples and and the extreme multiples at which they were trading, Aye. you know, and saying that this couldn't continue, and since then you've you saw a lot of the consumer staples companies see multiple um, contraction, you know, really significant underperformance. Um, Kraft Heinz. Uh, so on Thursday they actually uh, announced their earnings. And they wrote down the value of their uh, Kraft and Oscar Mayer brand, so Kraft would be like Velveeta cheese and stuff like that, um, you know, by $15.4 billion.
4: Explain what it what, what that means when they wrote down the
5: brand. So it, you have a lot of goodwill and intangible value to a brand.
4: Yes. Heinz,
3: and they actually carry that on the balance sheet, Yeah, goodwill.
4: Okay.
5: Because you know, if somebody were to buy that brand, you know, you, you pay, you're buying that goodwill too. Because that brand name, when you go to the store, you're saying, Oh, I don't, I know, I want my Oscar Mayer hot dogs, I don't want you know, these other ones. Well, where things have become so competitive now, that thought process of I want my Oscar Mayer.
4: Well, or a better example would be you don't even say ketchup do you have any hides?
5: yeah exactly uh they they haven't wrote that down, but you're you're exactly right you know it's a you don't need brand specific alternatives you okay you, you you so the value of the name has gone away because there's
3: so many players now in in the uh uh food business uh niche brands they're robbing away the uh exclusivity of the big brands and this is what's going on in the shelf space battle at the uh grocery store heinz and Kraft are not winning like they used to they used to be the only game in town for mustard ketchup uh right uh hot dogs things like that now you've got all these organic brands and people uh yeah. You know, every kinda of competitor.
5: I think the the interesting thing too is so on this article, you know, a little backstory about Kraft Heinz. So it was just Kraft and Heinz was owned by a private equity company, three G Capital, out of Brazil. And uh with a little help from Warren Buffett, uh they actually merged the two together. Uh what was that? three or four years ago oh no they
3: they were two separate companies
5: yeah that's what i said they merged them together
3: but they weren't one it wasn't owned by the it was they were both publicly traded yes right and
5: and the hines was taken private yeah um well it's it's part of
3: khc now
5: yeah but before that it was a private company
3: no it wasn't it was public
5: it no it was public and then it got taken private and then they merged i don't
3: remember that but anyway, go ahead. Okay.
5: <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> they put them together. Yeah. You know, the, the 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 logistics don't really matter a whole lot, but
3: they they did put them
5: together. They put them uh, together. That. Um, so by putting them together, so 3G capital they do uh what's called zero-based budgeting. So where you have to start at zero and justify every every cost in the system. And uh their goal was to save I can't remember. It was something like two Billions. Yeah, it was like two billion dollars in expenses a year, something like that. And uh so from their CEO, Bernardo Hees, uh he said we were overly optimistic on delivering savings that did not materialize. Uh and then the CFO, David Knopf said uh, the company is considering selling some brands that have no clear path to competitive advantage or have low profit margins. He said doing so could better position Kraft Heinz to merge with another food maker. Really? What I got from that statement was we see no clear path to growth. Right. We see the best way to increase value to our shareholders from this point is to be bought by somebody.
4: Wow. And that caused the stock to just go crazy at after hours, right?
3: Well, during the beginning uh, yeah. uh the trading yesterday it lost 28% yep. of its value.
5: Where did it close? What how far down? I don't know. It was it was pretty significant.
4: It was down I think to 30 something.
5: Yeah. Well, you know, and I, the other thing that that didn't... We might want out. to crow a little bit about what we did.
4: Yeah, I, I was kind of going that yeah. way with this. Why so, don't you all speak yeah, to that? Yeah,
5: and, and I touched on the the history of what we've been talking about. You know, two about a year and a half, two years ago, we were talking about how everything was too expensive in this industry. Well, we sold our craft at that moment in time. Eighty-plus dollars a share. Eighty-nine dollars a share. That's we the pre-financial
3: of, of, group there. Uh, that's We got out of that. Should we buy it back? Maybe not so much. (laughs) Stay with us. It's News Radio. It's the Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio 630 WLAP.
1: Paid paid for by the Sentinel Group. Your doctor continuing any medication. Have you or a loved one taken valsartan blood pressure medication and been diagnosed with liver damage or cancer of the liver, kidney, lungs, or respiratory tract? You may be entitled to compensation. In July of 2018, after 22 other countries had issued their own recall, the FDA announced a valsartan recall because the drug contains a chemical that poses a potential cancer risk. This risk was caused by a Chinese company that, in 2012, changed its manufacturing method in an unsafe manner. If you or a loved one took Valsartan and were diagnosed with liver damage, cancer, or tumors, you need to choose the right legal team that has the experience, support staff, and resources to help you seek the compensation that you deserve. Call the Sentinel Group now at 800-717-0176. Operators are standing by to set up your free case evaluation. There are no fees unless you win your case. Call now, 800-717-0176. 800-717-0176. 800-717-0176.
5: Officer Izell of Louisville Metro Police Department. What are the odds of you being in a crash? Well, I'm no fortune teller. What I do know is, a seatbelt is your best protection against injury and death. So please get in and buckle up, day and night. If writing a ticket can prevent tragedies like the ones I've seen, I'll do it. Why? Because it saves lives. I know. I've seen it.
1: A message from law enforcement officers across Jefferson County and the Kentucky Office of Highway Safety. Click it or ticket.
4: Catholic church leaders from around the world continue the four-day summit at the Vatican, addressing the clergy sex abuse scandal and focusing on protections for minors. ABC's David Wright is outside the Vatican with more. You know, each day of this conference has
3: had a theme. Day one, responsibility. Day two, accountability. And now day three, transparency. Uh, church leaders know that they have to change their procedures to reassure parishioners that they're actually doing something about this problem.
4: Demonstrators and survivors are also outside the Vatican calling for zero tolerance. In Chicago, singer R. Kelly is due in court today for a bond hearing. He's facing 10 counts of sexual aggravated assault, some involving what police say are minors. The 52-year-old turned himself in last night. Reports out of Venezuela that the National Guard has fired tear gas on some residents at the Colombian border. Demonstrators in line with the opposition to President Nicolas Maduro are pushing to get aid sent by the U.S. into the country. Michelle Franz and ABC News.
0: Flood watch continues out there on this Saturday. Gusty winds may reach 50 miles an hour. The rounds of showers and thunderstorms targeting the region highs in the 60s. Keep an eye on the possibility of flooding and even some stronger severe storms this evening, as we make our way into your Sunday. We'll do so with the sky becoming partly cloudy, still windy, but it's mainly dry. I'm WKYT Chief Meteorologist Chris Bailey on your official weather station, News Radio 630 WLAP, broadcasting live 24 seven from the Tiffany Thacker State Farm Studios. This is Lexington's News Radio 630 WLAP. Big M's got your truck, man. Get yourself a deal, man. Need a truck for work, man. No one deals like we. Big trucks, small trucks. Big M's got your truck, man. Right now, during Ram Truck Month at Big M Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Nicholasville. Get up to $15,000 off MSRP on every new 2018 Ram truck in stock. That's up to $15,000 off MSRP on every new 2018 Ram truck in stock. Have a trade? We want your old car regardless of make, miles, and condition. Even if you owe more than it's worth. Worried about your credit? We're not. If you have a job bringing home $400 per week, we want to approve you get up to $15,000 off msrp on every new 2018 ram truck in stock only at big m chrysler dodge jeep ram nicholasville visit BigMCDJR.com. example msrp 4566 with a blue credit prices net of all incentives plus tax license at 599.com all rebates to dealer offers don't go by big m's got your truck in
3: nicholasville
5: get up first thing smoke a cigarette before lunch after lunch
1: now that I'm talking about it, i kind of feeling like I've lost about four hours of every day. I decided I needed to find an alternative. So I started looking, and then Juul came up. I did both for a while. It, eventually, I just switched over, and it's very quick.
0: Mimi made the switch July 2015. Make the switch at J-U-U-L.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. 630 WLAP. <laughs>
3: Back on the, uh, sorry, the Tom Dupree show.
4: Were you going to say Tom Petty show?
3: Economist show. Oh, yeah.
2: Economist yeah. show.
5: <laughs> well, on one hand. what I, I was going to say. Oh, I love it. Classic economy. On one hand, there's yeah. this. Yeah. On the other hand. That's right. There's that. <laughs>
3: Worry about debt? Not so fast, some economists say. This is according to the Wall Street Journal. What are we looking at there?
5: Yeah, it's, it's actually a really interesting article. Uh, you know, uh, a big speaking point on when it comes to politics is the national debt and uh you know the size of the national debt uh you know the so it says as the national debt swells some economists are making a once uh heretical argument the u.s needn't be so worried about all of its red ink uh, and It talks about borrowing costs still being low uh, despite a surge in deficits in the debt uh, in the years following the financial crisis. Debt as a share of GDP rose from 34% before the recession to 78% at the end of the recession. Treasury yields, on the other hand, have fallen from over 4% before the recession to 2.7%. Uh, the big thing that I like is this this guy from uh, Harvard uh In one paper, Harvard University economics professor Carmen Reinhart and Kenneth Rogoff, a former chief economist at the IMF, found that countries with debt loads greater than 90% of GDP tended to have slower growth rates. Uh, However, you know, we're nowhere near that level. Yeah. Uh, The levels of debt we have in the U.S. are not catastrophic, says Olivier Blanchard, an economist at the Peterson Institute of International Economics. We clearly can't afford more debt if there's a good reason to do it. There's no reason to panic. You know, he goes on to, he talks about how debt in the right way from an an economic standpoint is a good thing. Uh, You know, you don't want to run deficits. So he uses Greece uh, as an example. You know, Greece and and Argentina. uh, The fact that, you know, their deficits that they were running were for programs that weren't helping the economy right uh so it goes on to talk about when you're taking on debt as a nation you know you need to be cognizant of what you're spending it on you know uh, you need to infrastructure spending for example
3: yeah i don't think we're spending our debt money on the right things we're spending it on you know I don't think in the case of our country, taking on more debt is a good idea.
4: I couldn't agree more, Tom. And it, he didn't speak to that in this article, which concerned me.
5: And that's that's what I'm saying. It, it depends. He he touches. He didn't say that we were spending it on a good or a bad thing. You're right. He touches on the fact that if you spend it on the right things, it can be effective.
3: Yeah, like a mortgage on a house or buying something that's got an economic value to it and then can can create more uh, of the economy but when you're borrowing money to pay uh medicare benefits and uh social security benefits to me that's stupid
5: that yeah i could see that you know, um, doesn't make any sense i could see that yeah i think that it comes down to like you said you know what 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 benefit does it have on the economy um right. you know social social security benefits well you know the majority of that is going back into the economy however you know it, it it's not it's not a huge part um you know Medi- medicare benefits uh, i i think that that may be you know uh, that, that was a problem that the government created, and now they're having to borrow to fix it. That's right. You know, that's that's the problem there. Um, you know, I think, like you said, like infrastructure spending and, and, you know, certain things where you can increase utility and productivity. Um, you know, fixing better ways of transport. Uh, you know, getting people uh, an extra 30 minutes of their day off of a highly congested interstate. Mm-hmm. And you know where they could work and be more productive you know that that has utility right you know those are the things that uh that he i he kind of i think he doesn't necessarily say what he's insinuating the debt be spent on, but those are the things that I think that he means from there um you know I, that's kind of what, the way I feel about it. That's when I read this article. That's what I, it really interested me. That you know, when I look at the the national debt, it's like a um, it's like a mortgage. So you've got the the GDP, which is your home. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as the value, is, it would be like consistently remortgaging your home. As that's, long as that's what it is. Yeah, it's as long as the loan to value stays at a certain level well it's
3: 22 trillion on the government debt and that's about what our gdp is so we're at about one to one yeah we're close to one to one so i don't know i think it doesn't make any sense let's move on yeah warren buffett
5: can't find <laughs> anything big to buy warren buffett <sighs> Warren
4: didn't have a very good week <laughs> yeah Warren uh, Buffett
5: he got you know he got tagged with the Kraft Heinz uh, yeah. deal he had about 16 billion dollars worth of Kraft Heinz and so he, he lost a quarter of that value right over four billion dollars uh in one day in one day the biggest thing of course he's
3: lost a bunch more of it over the last
5: year and a half well, he lost a ton on Apple uh he's lost a ton on Kraft Heinz. Um, the biggest thing though from, from Warren Buffett and Berkshire Hathaway standpoint is uh so this article's from the Wall Street Journal by Nicole Freeman. So Warren Buffett is always on the hunt for elephants, as he calls large acquisitions. But three years have passed since he bagged a new one. Uh one reason uh being so in unprecedented competition <coughs> from private equity and other funds looking to make fast acquisitions. <coughs> Often, at higher prices, um the biggest thing, excuse me
1: uh,
5: the biggest thing that Warren Buffett's struggling with is finding a place to put all his cash, yeah, he's got a hundred billion dollars over a hundred billion in cash. he's got a hundred and three billion in cash, and when you look at the size of Berkshire Hathaway, right, he almost to to continue to grow incrementally at a, at a, you know, a rate that makes sense. Mm-hmm. He has to do big chunks of stuff. He has to own $16 billion worth of craft times, even though it didn't work out for him. You know, it, you look back in the fifties, he didn't, you know, 50, 60, 70s, you know, he, he didn't need as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, what I got from this and I wanted to speak to is you hear a lot of people say, "Well, this is a five-star fund," or you know, "This is an ETF that that is the end-all, be-all." Especially mutual funds. The bigger of of an amount of money, like the amount of money an investment thing has, right? the 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 slothier it becomes. Yep. You know, because to to incrementally move the needle, you have to take on bigger positions and bigger positions and and if people keep plowing money into something you know you're you're becoming a part of a much bigger entity you and you look at turning that ship and and getting it to continue to to do what you want it to do is is very very hard to do the flexibility is gone you cannot maneuver anymore and then you know what you're doing is is you're uh, at some point you're going to set yourself up for failure mm-hmm. due to your size constraints is the fact that you're going to start to see outflows you know you will hit a point where people won't put money in anymore right you know and, and Warren Buffett has the 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 good thing is is it's not mutual fund money people can't pull the money out right the bad thing is is he May have reached a point where um growth rates declined significantly, well,
3: his company is like a big closed in mutual fund in a way. It's like a fund that doesn't that that trades every day, but it's it's got various business yeah hidden inside of it
5: yeah, it trades you know, and it may dislocate from its n a v but you know no money can come in or out from investors necessarily um That's right. You know, it's, he, he owns, his business owns the the other companies that he's bought outright. But the problem is, is now, you know, he's got these huge, huge positions. And the uh, the ability to invest the cash that they're throwing off, you know, because he's always been a big proponent of reinvesting the dividends. And when you look at if you own an entire company like Precision Cash Parts, and they make X amount of profits. Well, he keeps that because he owns the company. That's, that's right. in in a sense a dividend. Well, reinvesting those earnings, he can't find a suitable reinvestment anymore at the moment. So he he's stuck with all this cash that's earning nothing. Yeah. So he's become a uh, he's become a problem. The, he's become the enemy to his own success. That's right. You know, and, and I think that that's something that uh, we've we've been very cognizant of it at at our firm Mm -hmm. and the fact that we don't own a mutual fund. We don't even invest in mutual funds. When, when you bring money to invest and and you, you decide to come with the pre-financial group, it's your own account. Mm -hmm. It's your own shares.
3: In the various companies that that you buy into.
5: Exactly. And you're not, forced to follow what person A, B, and C does.
3: Right. Okay, history shows the stock rally could have more legs. So this is... uh...
5: (coughs) Oh, yeah. So the the stock rally, uh, which so the S&P has surged 11% to start 2019. It's on pace for... Wow, it's crazy. Biggest... (sniffs) Early year advance in nearly three decades, and it's still sitting 5.3% below the September high, uh, Mm -hmm. which was, I think, September 15th, around there. Um, They did say that this could bode well for the the rest of the year. The index moves in the same direction uh, uh, in the first two months and the remainder of the year, 64% of the time, according to the Dow Jones market data. Uh, so you've seen a lot of things like a more flexible approach to monetary policy, uh, the U.S. try <coughs> U.S. trade tensions um, that are that are starting to hopefully work themselves out. Uh, a lot of these uh, outside factors starting to work on the market. Uh, the biggest thing though that what you're seeing is is uh, signs of breadth in the recent rally. Uh, The S&P 500 industrial sector has led the way in 2019 with a 17% gain, followed by energy and then technology, which are 14 and 12, respectively. And uh, so this Willie Delwich, he states, the character of who's leading a rally really matters. An investment strategist at R.W. Baird, Uh, you want to see cyclically sensitive areas like industrials and consumer discretionary do well as evidence that the economy is on firmer footing than people might think right. otherwise. You know, you're not seeing these um, these growth stocks be the, the leaders, you're saying stocks necessarily. You're seeing real hard things mm-hmm. lead this rally, which is good, you know, because uh, what happened at the end of 2018 was this drawdown of, based on fear that, wow, you know, we may be coming up on a recession. We're, we're, yep. we're inching towards a recession. And through this rally that you've seen, you're starting to see um, a shift in the mentality of you know, wow, it's, right. things are a lot, things are better than what we originally had thought. What do you think, Guy?
4: Well, <clears throat> I I think it's something I've been talking about for the last couple of months.
3: Economic vitality.
4: Yes, the, I mean things things are good. Things you know, are good. Yeah, and, they are. I mean. 90% of the S&P 500 stocks on Thursday were trading above their 50-day moving average. Wow. So, listen, the people that are investing feel good about what they're doing. They do. So, they do.
3: And, and the market doesn't, doesn't seem to want to go down. It's got exactly the opposite feeling as what it had in December. December, it wanted to go down. And I don't know why. I don't know why Christmas Eve happened the way it happened. It was what, weird. What a terrible <laughs> down day! No buyers at all. The day after Christmas, it goes up a thousand points. It you was, think
4: it has anything to do with socialism?
3: Yeah, it must. The fa- it, fa- it must. Pass line it. for
4: Santa Claus. Got I the, mean, <laughs> might be.
3: Stay with us. We got to take a break. It is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio six thirty, WLAP. Things
0: are happening. We're going to have a great wall. A national emergency. North Korea. The Mueller investigation. We may impeach this president. We get to 2020. It's important to keep up. What's happening right now? Things are happening. Some very big things on News Radio 630 WLAP.
3: Hi, I'm Tom Dupree. During times of market volatility, as we have just experienced, it's easy for investors to panic. Some investors want an easy solution, like an annuity, to manage the ups and downs of the market. Some want to seek the safety of bonds and bond funds. At times like this, it's often wise to examine what the long-term returns of equities have been versus other asset classes. At Dupree Financial Group, we use times of market volatility as an opportunity to purchase securities at lower prices than where they may have recently traded. If you'd like to know how our investment process may help you and your retirement investments, then give us a call at 859 233 to set up an appointment. It may be an eye-opening experience for you in this new year. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 and dupreefinancial.com. 630 WLAP. On the Tom Dupree show.
4: You know, that's what the Pre Financial Group does. Stand there, ground. ground. That's right. Diligent, candid in I our approach. He, that was smooth.
3: Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he gets it in
5: every chance he can. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about your voice. Oh, yeah. on the, it was like, you know, real low and, yeah. and slow back
3: know. down. <laughs> all right you i don't know you must have been pulling this one up just for yourself uh <laughs> what is it at I'll least also... say that smollett faked hate crime because he was dissatisfied with his South
5: hey i was i was pulling that up because i figured i'd ran about socialism and you know somebody else could ran about jesse smollett but you know uh I just Actor
3: Jesse Smollett staged an attack to make himself appear the victim of an anti-gay racist assault because he was unhappy with his salary on the television drama Empire, alleged Chicago police, who detailed an elaborate but ultimately clumsy plot. Golly, this guy. I mean, there's certain people I'm glad I'm not. He's one of them today. <laughs>
4: well, oh my the, the, the NBA uh, or the... Yeah, the NBA today show with Charles Barkley was absolutely hilarious. And Charles started going after him. Oh, it was funny. Yeah, it
5: was. He went in on him. It was it was pretty rough. You know, I think uh I'm 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 gonna take a, a moment to have a little little fun too, is that I think that Justy Smollett did uh did his part to make America great again. Because only in our country would somebody be dumb enough to do this, but he brought everybody together to laugh at him. Yeah, <laughs> you know, both sides of the both sides of the table when it comes to politics are sitting there going, "Wow," and Sorry. they are laughing their tails off.
3: Well, some people aren't laughing that much, but uh, it's a pretty bad deal, really. Um, corporate credit could be the next bubble to burst. What about that?
5: Yeah, so uh, Jeff Jeff Gunlock, uh, so at this year's Barron's Roundtable, uh, so he's the CEO of Double Line Capital, he warned that the corporate bond market poses the biggest risk to a debt-dependent economy. Uh, While investment-grade sector has uh, budgeted in size, its quality has deteriorated. With much of its lower-tier actually deserving junk ratings uh so he goes on he talks about uh you know with the shift in policy in the federal reserve uh last month uh there's been a rush to to borrow from a lot of these corporations that hey you know money's money's a little cheaper now uh so we're gonna go ahead and, and lock some rates in uh
4: they're doing some refinancing too
5: yeah correct you know they're going ahead and locking them in for as long as they can um they talk about this is the part that this is the meat uh so while it's true that till just recently there's been a welcome dearth of alphabet soup tied to low tier corporate debt that doesn't mean there isn't leverage plenty of it so talks about in 2007 where uh banks and and you cdo's uh collateralized debt obligations uh they were providing explicit leverage back then um now exchange traded funds are providing the leverage uh both explicit and implicit today Uh, in addition to levered funds that amplify the move of the underlying securities by two or three times many individuals invest invest in high yield etfs on margin while hedge funds do the same tenfold The real risk is the myth that ETFs will provide abundant and immediate liquidity. So, you know, you look at, they use, uh, in 2007, the lie was that you could take a cornucopia of crap, package it together, and somehow make it AAA. This time, the lie is that you can take a bunch of bonds that trade by appointment, lump them together in an ETF, and magically make them liquid. Right. You can't do it. Yeah, and, and that's what we actually saw this in, and not just in bonds. We saw this in equities, equity ETFs, which are supposed to be even more liquid. Um, back in, it was 2016. Uh, it was, what, February of 2016, where the market opened down something like a 1,000 points. Mm-hmm. And the biggest draw of that was because everybody was trying to get out of their ETFs and the spread was so wide because the market maker had no clue, you know, and he's not about to take on all that risk on his books. So he's saying, okay, well, this is what I can offer. You know, this this is this is what I've got right now. And, and it created this monstrous spread because he didn't know, you know, at what point he would be able to get out of it, you know, on the other side, on the flip side. Because what it, what happens with the ETF is you go and you say, all right, I want to invest $1,000 in the ETF. Well, the market maker has to go out and buy the shares, or in this case, to bonds. To populate the ETF. To populate the ETF with your investment. And what happens in this scenario is, is if you get a, it's essentially a bank run. Right. Yeah. You know, if you get a, a run on an ETF, well, they can't, they can't liquidate all those assets in the ETF at what the actual value necessarily is. You know, and I think that that is the biggest thing, um, going here is that, you know, you need to look at the actual liquidity of what you own.
3: So one of the things we do at Dupree financial group is try to invest your money in a liquid fashion. Call us if you want some, uh, advice about your retirement investments. We've been talking with Philip Sexton, Guy Hewlett today. Appreciate it. it, guys. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio 630 WLAP.